I'm gonna hurt the man that did this to me. Practice and plan for tackle for loss, baby. Lance Red touchdown. How about that? And the Lance Red touchdown. You gotta be rubbish. You gotta be rubbish. I come here to break your monotony. Don't get uh, flabbergasted with what I'm saying. WWWCW. Was that an old time thing? Not unless you're good ventriloquist. A what? A what? A good ventriloquist. A ventriloquist. Hello, my Nitromaniacs, and welcome to another episode of the Nitromania podcast. My name is Adam. I am your host, and this is the show where we always end with a pose. This is the 61st episode of Nitromania, meaning there is now one episode for each story in Philadelphia's tallest building, one episode for each home run hit by Roger Maris in his record-setting season, which happened to also take place in 1961, and one episode for each NHL record held or shared by the great one himself, The Rock. I mean, Wayne Gretzky. Last week on the show, we were promised an update on the possibility of a match between Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper, only for that update to be... As yet, there is no match between Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper. The NWO spent 98% of the show watching from the stands, and Sting is still pissy about something. This week, it is Monday, November 11th, never forget, 1996, and we are live from the Bayfront Arena in St. Petersburg, Florida. This is, according to Cage Match, the 13th and final event to emanate from this building, televised event anyways, despite it not being demolished until 2004. Prior to tonight, Jason and I visited this arena back in February for Super Brawl 6 featuring the infamous I Respect You strap match and the god-awful cage match between Hulk Hogan and the Giant. Before we get into the show, let's take a look at our champions as they stand right now. The WCW World Tag Team Champions are the Outsiders, who have held the title for 15 days. The WCW World Television Champion is Lord Steven Regal, who's held it for 83 days. The World Heavyweight Champion is, of course, Hollywood Hogan, who's held that belt for 93 days. The Cruiserweight Champion is Dean Malenko, who's held that for 15 days. And the United States Champion is Ric Flair, who's held the belt for 127 days. But isn't Ric Flair having surgery? So how is he still United States Champion? Shouldn't he have been stripped by now? So, St. Petersburg, the Sunshine City, home of minor league baseball and the actual Thunderdome, welcomes you as Tony welcomes us to Monday Nitro. He tells us, seconds into the show, that we have not seen Sting yet tonight. Uh, Larry says they've searched every nick and cranny of the building, and they continue to yammer as I focus on a gentleman in the crowd behind them being held back by security, who appears to be attempting to deliver some kind of padded envelope. He is turned away. They tell us that tonight's opening contest will be Jeff Jarrett versus Chris Benoit and send us back to last week and Jeff pretending to be a member of the Horsemen. Sadly, they play Jeff's entire awful promo. Enter the Crippler and Woman, enter Jeff Jarrett and his awful theme song, and let's get this shindig started. In the crowd, a small child in a 101 Dalmatians shirt covers his ears. I don't blame you, kid. That theme song's terrible. We get another incredibly creepy promo in a Goldman box. From Kevin Sullivan. Woman, 
One phone call would have stopped this whole mess. Chris, you know that burning sensation, the desire you have, the sweet nothings that you hear? I once had the same thing. I once had that burning desire because I heard the same exact words. And what? My sweet nothings gonna drag you around Baltimore because I'm still the man. Benoit, you know that burning sensation? I felt it before. It's gonorrhea. You should see a doctor. An ad for World War III in two weeks promises the 60-man battle royal and a WCW World Tag Team title match between the Nasty Boys and the Outsiders. Tony again tells us that the winner of the World War III Battle Royal gets the first shot at Hulk Hogan's heavyweight championship. Again, that's not what first means. Jarrett suplexes Benoit over the ropes to the floor and then struts. Sting hops in the ring, hits an as-yet-unnamed scorpion death drop, and Jarrett wins by disqualification. Woman tells Benoit that Jarrett is obviously WCW and that they should help him up. Benoit says Jarrett can go fuck himself. Benoit does agree to help him up by the hair, and we go to break. We come back, and Tony starts to say something about sports when the random guy shows up behind them to give them the envelope. He drops the envelope on the table and gets hauled off by security. Apparently, there is a letter in the envelope along with a video. I got a package. Is it ticking? No, it's not ticking. Fans, I'm sorry about this. Water's everywhere. It says, WCW, take a look at this tape. It played in Europe in 92 and was a hit. In 92? Piper wants Hogan. Play it. You'll see what I mean. Ken McDade. What? Well, Ken, we'll just give it to the truck and maybe try to play it sometime. Anyway, he was talking about Dr. James Andrews, and we get a very dramatic video about Dr. Andrews. Dr. Andrews promises that Ric Flair will make a full recovery and be back eventually. He really puts no definite time frame on it. Enter Malia Hosaka, whose name I swear was spelled differently the last time she was on the show. She is taking on Zero, who we met last week, in the first round of the ladies' title tournament. And Larry starts right in with the fat jokes. Zero starts off the match by no-selling some drop kicks from Malia and then just beats the holy hell out of her. Larry continues questioning whether or not Zero is female. It's, it's, really, it's really funny, you guys. Seriously. By the way, Nick Patrick, still wearing a neck brace. Zero wins via pinfall. Thanks for coming, Malia. Surprisingly, despite that victory, this is Zero's only appearance here on Nitromania. Her second round match against Medusa was part of the main event taping this same night. And I have to wonder if that was taped before or after Nitro. Because if it was before, then she had her second round match before she had her first round match. Anyway, guess how that match played out. Anyway. Also surprising, Chigusa Nagayo, who is Zero here who is also currently 54 years of age, is still wrestling in 2019. She had a match back in February, and before that, before that, a match in November. Also, also surprising, according to Cage Match, this was the first time she ever wrestled under the name Zero. Huh. Holy shit, it's me and Gene Okerlund. He is in the aisle with Diamond Dallas Page. He says DDP is obviously being courted by the NWO, and then we go to footage of this. DDP says he doesn't need any help. 
He admits to being business associates with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash in the past, but says this does not give them the right to add themselves to his matches to interfere in his business. The outsiders then appear out of nowhere uh, and ask him to join the NWO. They accuse him of being given what he's got because he lives down the street from Eric Bischoff. This offends DDP, who says he's earned his shots here in WCW, and says it's very disrespectful that he would be the eighth member of the NWO. So he would join the NWO if he wasn't so far back in line? Okay. This Saturday night, Hacksaw, Benoit, Morris, Malenko, Regal, Canadians, and more. Enter Rey Mysterio Jr. For some reason, Sonny Ono and The Ultimo Dragon. He's no longer The Ultimate Dragon, but he's still The Ultimo Dragon, is sitting at ringside. Or they are sitting at ringside. Eh, grammar, what have you. Rey's opponent is already in the ring. This is apparently Cyclope. I thought this was actually another WCW Lucha of the Week, but no, apparently Cyclope is actually a thing. After a couple of minutes, Dean Malenko appears on the ramp to watch. Cyclope, who is a huge dude, is fairly dominant. Then Psychosis comes onto the stage to stare at Malenko, who is staring at Mysterio. Mysterio tries a moonsault and gets caught into a vicious-looking tombstone pile driver by Cyclope. Mysterio wins with a very awkward Hurricane Rana. Malenko turns and stares at Psychosis, who just leaves. Reminder that Rey Mysterio and Psychosis will face each other. No, Dean Malenko and Psychosis will face each other at World War III for the Cruiserweight Championship. Mysterio cuts a promo into the ringside camera, promising that he's ready for anyone. Then we see the Ultimo Dragon and his championship titles again. We come back to what might be one of the most 90s things I have seen so far on Nitromania. As the camera shows us a computer screen with WCWWrestling.com up on Netscape. Apparently the website was hacked recently and taken over by an unknown party that's obviously not the NWO, which you can tell by the Courier New font black and unbolded on top of the bitmap background image of diamond plate steel that says, we are taking over the WCW website. That's legitimately what it says. Tony then tells us to visit WCW.Wrestling.com. Good work, Tony. Enter the NWO picketers. Behind them, Six and the Outsiders. Six is carrying a Cable Ace Award. They then take over ringside commentary. Nash puts on a headset and immediately pops Tony, who tries desperately not to laugh with this line. Is this on? This is on, eh? You got a point, big man? I like this because you look important. Yeah, I got a point. How you doing, Count Shivani? Good. Hey, Larry, Thank good you. to see you. It's a nice outfit you got on there. Get a cup of soup with that? Anyway. <laughs> Nash promises in a couple of weeks, NWO, Nitro. He promises Tony and Larry will be out of jobs, and then they leave, basically, as Tony sends us to break. Back from break for Meaningless Pyro, which tells us that it is the start of our number two. Bischoff tells us that Tony and Larry have bailed. Okay, but if it's the start of our number two, they wouldn't be out there anyway. So, enter Scott Norton. He is facing Lex Luger tonight. Scott Norton literally has a crew-cut mullet. It is awful. Arn Anderson pops up in a Goldman box and promises to ride Luger to death in Baltimore. Okie dokie. Hmm. Didn't realize it was going to be that kind of a pay-per-view. Sting is up in the far corner of the arena, section 18 to be exact, but Lex is not distracted by his friend this time. Instead, he clotheslines a turnpost. 
We get an ad for the NWO t-shirt and then back to St. Petersburg. Bischoff tells us that after this match, Gene will talk to Luger, quickly adding, or Scott Norton, whoever wins this match, to cover his tracks. He then says what he wants Gene to ask Luger about, including Sting lurking in the catwalks, quote-unquote. You know, the catwalks at the back of Section 18. He then reminds us that a fan handed them a video to play and tells us that it's VHS, so it's not broadcast quality. But they will play it later on tonight. Why? A fan jumps the barricade and hands you a videotape and you're going to play it on the air? This is setting a horrible precedent. We're going to be lucky if someone's homemade porn doesn't end up main eventing Nitro in the coming weeks or months. Luger, despite Norton's consistent focus on his left arm, is able to rack Norton for the win. We then go to the desk. Bischoff sends us to Sting DDTing Jarrett earlier, despite promising us Mean Gene. Then we go to Gene, who asks Luger about the Stinger, and Lex knows nothing. Then Lex talks about Arn Anderson, how he's carrying the WCW banner, but he can't do it on his own. Then why are you fighting with him? After the break, Lee Marshall is live from Florence, South Carolina with your 1-800-COLLECT-ON-THE-ROAD report. He cuts it short in order to judge a Bobby Heenan lookalike contest. Swear to God. Enter the amazing French Canadians, who Bischoff feels the need to remind us must be called the amazing French Canadians. Alongside Lee Marshall, all of a sudden, they are facing Harlem Heat, still with Sister Sherry. We get a split screen of Sherry taking out Colonel Parker on WCW Saturday night, which is why he's now with the Canadians and not Harlem Heat. In the ring, however, the Canadians take the early advantage by just beating the hell out of Harlem Heat before the bell. We cut backstage to see the Nasty Boys not being allowed in by security because, apparently, they're not on the list. Doug Dillinger tells them to go screw. We get a split screen, which is super fun because they're playing audio from both sources. The match ends... Not sure how, because we were seeing the Nasty Boys leaving the building and running into someone who may have been Brutus, but may also not have been Brutus because it was also in split screen and too small to tell. Thanks, WCW. Enter Conan, who is finally down to one N in his, well, I guess two N's in his name, but one N in the middle of his name. He is taking on Chris Jericho. Nick Patrick and his neck brace are your referee team here. They again tell us about Chris's dad, and Bobby makes the same joke he made last week. If he was so good, why'd he play for 37 different teams? A fair to middling match ends when Conan dropkicks Jericho into Nick Patrick, so Patrick disqualifies Jericho. <sighs> we come back from break to the start of an entirely new match, Juventud Guerrera versus an extremely hairy motherfucker named Miguel Perez. Miguel is wearing the colors of Puerto Rico, but he looks like an American gladiator. Miguel wins with a roll-up after avoiding a 450. Mike Tanay says, What a debut by Miguel Perez, and what a debut it was. It was also his last match with WCW, as he would go on to the WWF in just a few months and become a member of Los Boricuas in the famed Gang Wars era of 1997. In the crowd at the top of Section 18 is Ted and Vincent. Ted thanks Jeff for taking out Jarrett. I'm sure that was supposed to say Sting, and offers him an NWO t-shirt. Who writes this fucking thing? Oh, wait, I do. Back from break for the Faces of Fear with Jimmy Hart taking on the American Males. America, I can't fucking do that every single time. Faces attack males before the pyro even stops falling. We're going to main event tonight with a music video being given to Tony Schiavone by a fan. How ridiculous. Bagwell is wrestling in his vest for some reason. 
Riggs tags in and cleans house. He Irish whips Barbarian and Bagwell hooks the legs, tripping him up. Riggs, unaware of this, goes for a dropkick and, of course, gets nothing. Meng boots Riggs in the jaw and Barbarian pins him for three to the dismay of Bagwell. Then Jimmy Hart gets a mic. He is upset that the Nasty Boys have the title shot at World War III and demands that the Faces of Fear be added to the tag title match as well, which Bischoff says is a good point and something they may consider. To the desk, and it is time for this music video. This is legitimately, and I, the 100% not made for this episode of Nitro or anything at all. This is legitimate. A song by Roddy Piper that was only released in the United Kingdom in 1992 called I'm Your Man. They play the entire three-minute or so music video, but the important bit here is that there's repeated shots of the electronic billboard outside the Hollywood Bowl that says, The Ultimate Bout, Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Hulk Hogan, tonight. Now, why they felt the need to play the entire goddamn song, who knows, but this is apparently good enough evidence for Bischoff to convince him that Piper wants to fight Hogan. Enter Hogan, accompanied by Ted, Vincent, Giant, and Elizabeth, who is dressed as sexy Mrs. Claus for some reason. Again, it's November, November 11th. As we've done the past two weeks, Hogan gets his spotlight. He shows off Elizabeth and touts Santa with muscles. That's literally all she's there for. Vincent takes her away after that. Then I notice that Nick Patrick is in the ring. I notice this because he blocks a piece of trash from being thrown into the ring and hitting Hulk. Then, as always, Hogan must pose, brother. <sighs> we are squarely in the fucking doldrums here. They won't give us anything for Hogan other than this Roddy Piper match that they won't tell us whether or not is actually happening or when. Other than that, it wasn't a terrible episode of television. The matches were decent, I suppose. If you watch anything, I'd say maybe Ray versus Cyclope or the Faces of Fear versus the American Males. Uh, on Cage Match, this episode does not have an overall rating since it only has four votes, but it did pull in a TV rating of 3.7. Meanwhile, over on the USA Network, we are three weeks old from Fort Wayne, Indiana, with Monday Night Raw, episode 184. British Bulldog and Owen Hart defeat Shawn Michaels and Sid to retain the WWF Tag Team titles. Kevin Kelly is in a hallway backstage, assuring us that it was chaos just moments ago. Doc Hendricks remind us, reminds us that Survivor Series is this Sunday. Kevin Kelly swears he just talked to Psycho Sid. Mankind takes out Freddie Joe Floyd with the mandible claw. The Undertaker, unseen, lowers an effigy of Paul Bearer hanging upside down in a shark cage. Is this not the footage we were shown last week as part of the Big Bag Boom Tour? We get a Hall of Fame video for Killer Kowalski and the Valiant Brothers, then a vignette for Rocky Maivia debuting this Sunday at Survivor Series. Kevin Kelly is going to talk to Sid soon. Right now, he's assaulting a trash can. Sid, that is, not Kevin. Finally, Kevin talks to Sid. Stone Cold is grumpy. Sable defeats Doc Hendricks in the Karate Fighters Holiday Tournament. Kevin Kelly now talks to Sean. Stone Cold pins Bob Holly while Bret Hart watches on from backstage. Stone Cold then hollers at Bret through an unlocked locker room door. This episode of Raw has a 4.91 out of 10 on Cage Match, but only pulled in a 2.5 TV rating. Elsewhere, on November 11th, 1996, Billy Gunn celebrated his 33rd birthday, and that's about it. That does it for 1996. Let's bring it back here to 2019 so I can tell you to join me at Elkmania Shake Hands with Danger, 
Oh, sorry. Nope, that's wrong. It's uh, Elkmania What's Up Danger from the Beverly Salem Lodge of Elks on Saturday, April 27th. Check out rundownwrestling.com every day to vote in the hottest woman in WWE tournament. Listen to Making the Grade with me every Sunday at midnight, along with all the other Rundown Network shows. Become a patron at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling for some sweet goodies. Next week is the go-home episode for World War 396, so I will tell them. World War 396. Not World War 396. That would be way too many fucking wars. So I will let you know then who my guest will be for that big, huge super sub. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, send me your feedback, NitromaniaPod, on Twitter and at Gmail. And I will talk to you next time right here on Nitromania. Pull up your socks and get ready. Let's see what it has to say. I'm as curious as you are. for you.